We want to welcome you. Are you guys ready to hear from God tonight? Oh, come on. I said, is anyone ready to hear from God? Anyone ready to worship God? All right. We want to greet you and we want to welcome you to River Valley Christian Church. And we want to welcome those that are online as well. So glad that you could join us here this evening. We encourage you to, um, when, when we worship, you worship. If we pray, you pray. If we shout, you shout, and it'll all be fine. <laughs> it's just unity. It just works out well. Um, <clears throat> I'm Pastor John Mo. I am not speaking tonight. We have Pastor Nathaniel Johnson is going to be speaking this evening from Outpost Church, and so he'll be here um, ministering the word here in just a little bit. But I just got a couple of housekeeping things that I wanted to run by you is um, the first thing that was really on my heart is, is this, is that there's nothing like expectations. Sometimes, you know, we can get into this place where we just come and go and we're not expecting anything. You know, the church starts at this time. We usually get out at this time. We usually, you know, sing so many songs and then this takes place and this takes place, you know. But there's nothing like having an expectation when it comes to the things of God. So I really want to encourage you, not only for this night, but for every night this week, come expecting. I'll say it again, come expecting. You know, um, there's a story in the Bible about a man who was lame and he was laid at the gate called Beautiful. And he, he had never walked before. And so, you know, Peter and John are going into the prayer and this man's begging for alms. And he's had, he's had his little cup out or whatever and he's expecting them to give him something. But what he needed wasn't, money couldn't solve what he needed. What he needed was a miracle in his life. And then uh, they said, silver and gold we don't have, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And they lifted him up and he went walking, leaping and praising God. You know, God gave him more than what he was expecting. God can give you tonight more than what you're expecting. He can give you this week more than you're expecting. I want to encourage you, take the limits off God this week. Believe God for his biggest and best for you. As you're driving over here, walking over here, I don't know how you get here. Tell God I'm expecting you to talk to me tonight. I'm expecting direction to come for my life. I'm expecting wisdom. I'm expecting whatever you fill in the blank. He's a big God. Just really wanted to encourage you with that tonight. That's the first thing. Second thing is, is we have prayer all this week. From 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., we'll gather here and pray. And we would like to invite you to come out and pray. There's nothing like having unity. Where you'll find unity, you can find, you'll find the power of God. And we had unity in prayer today. People prayed for the service today. People prayed for the services this week. People prayed for you. People prayed for people to arrive here safely. A lot of things took place in prayer today. But if you would like to join us for prayer, that would be a wonderful thing. 
3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Then you got time to run home and freshen up or hit the restaurant or do whatever you got to do and be back here at 7. And that would be a fine thing as well. All right. And so those are my two little housekeeping things that I really um, uh, wanted to share with you. In these services, uh, we like to have God move. And he can move in many different ways. And, and uh, he can use anybody. And uh, if by chance you feel like you had something or wanted to say something, I'm f- facilitating the service. I'll be right here. And, and if you just let me know, that would be great. And if I say no, don't worry about it. Don't be offended. We're just doing our best to follow God. We have our worship team up here tonight. And they have prepared themselves. And we're going to worship God. So before we worship God, we want you all to stand up, please. Find two or three people and give them a high five or a chicken wing and say, get your worship on. Get your worship on. start. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this appointed time. We thank you for this appointment with heaven tonight. We thank you during this appointment, Father, that we'll receive exactly what we need tonight. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for ministering to us. As we minister to you, as we draw closer to you, we thank you for speaking and ministering to us. We give you full permission to have your way in this service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Just lift your hands and worship God for a moment. Oh, Father, we do exalt you. We thank you the name of Jesus is higher than any other name. He's greater than sickness. He's greater than disease. He's greater than lack. We worship him tonight. We give him glory. We give him honor. We give him praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, someone say glory to God. He's a good God. Amen. Turn around and greet two people or so and you can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Once again, we want to welcome you. to the week devoted to God. So happy you're here. If you're here and this is your first time ever in this church, you're a visitor, just raise your hand. We want to acknowledge you. We have any visitors here tonight? Anyone? All right. We're all family. All right. Good. Praise God. Well, we have 
Are you ready, brother? Come on up here, Nathaniel Johnson, Reverend. Give him a big round of applause. Outpost Church. Remember that name. (laughs) Amen. And, um, you know, he's a gift to the body of Christ. You know, God God gives good gifts. And he's a good gift. But the thing about a gift is you have to receive it. And then if it's wrapped, you have to unwrap it. So by faith, he's going to give us what heaven would have for us tonight. And we're going to receive him just like we would receive Jesus. Stretch your hands out toward him. Father, we thank you for this precious gift to the body of Christ. We're so grateful for his faithfulness to you and faithfulness to your word. Tonight, Father, we, were, we receive him just as we would receive Jesus. We thank you that this message is just what we need tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, brother. It's good to be here. It's good to see a lot of people I haven't seen for a while. And, um, and I, I appreciate this. I've, um, I've grown a lot in just the short time that we've, we've known each other. And so I appreciate you giving me opportunities and, uh, and helping me. Uh, worship was good. Weren't we blessed? Um, I never get away from Brother Phil Driscoll. It's kind of a, he's, he's, he's kind of a developed taste. <laughs> Jazz, music, but he, there, there, there's an anointing on him where when he, when, when he brings his song, it's, it's like a preaching anointing. He, he brings it long, loud, clear, and strong, and it, it, just, uh, it just becomes a part of me. But anyway, he said that uh, when you make a sound in God's honor, God shows up. Yes. Yeah, and we had... We, we had a good bit of that last night. Uh, praise God. Who's from Outpost Church? Where's the Outpost? There we are. There we are. Hey, Luke. Who else? Yay. Okay. Okay. And who, um, let, me, let me think if I have any, any shout outs. Um, um, South Carolina, if you're here. That's my sister. So she, um, she might, be, might be watching, we'll see. Um, yeah, God is good. I don't, I don't like to be in a hurry. I wanna talk about, about church tonight. I wanna to talk about being in the right place, about um, um, just surrendering to God with this, with this thing about about, uh, about where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing in the body of Christ, just giving it to God, just surrendering to Him. And, uh, and then when we are in the right place, we need, to, we need unity. We need to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. I recall a, um, many, 
many, many years ago, we could say late 80s, early 90s. My dad is with us tonight. My, um, way over there. I, I used to stay up late at night and, um, and watch Nightline with Ted Koppel. Remember that? Uh, and and he'd, he'd come on at 10.30 at night, right after the local news. And so my dad and I would stay up and I would watch it every night with him together. This is back in the days when reporters were real reporters. Okay, and, he's, and he was among the best. And, but there was one evening when on his, on his show, he, he brought on Jerry Falwell um, by, by live video and Ted and um, he, he brings on Jerry Falwell and from the East Coast, Robert Schuler. okay? And then the third person he had on was some type of atheist or some type of Bible critic that was gonna try to undermine anything those two had to say. And here we're talking about two men with extremely different uh, theological positions. Jerry Falwell, strong Baptist, Robert Schuller, more reformed and, you know, not into altar calls necessarily. I don't know that much, but they were, I knew they were not from the same stream of ministry or the same camp. Okay, and then Koppel goes into his interview and he starts bringing out his questions um, and trying to get them to turn on each other. And I was so impressed that night, those two men, they stood back to back. They, 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 they absolutely, and, and the third guy started to criticize and you know, mock uh, uh, what we believe as, as Christians. But those two guys, even from different streams of ministry, different theological backgrounds, they stood back to back and they, they, they didn't um, um, criticize each other at all but they stood like brothers, shoulder to shoulder, and just, and, and totally put the other guy down. It was beautiful to see, but it was an example of the body of Christ. And that's how we need to be as ministers. We're not in competition, okay? We're supposed to be shoulder to shoulder, back to back. We've, we've got each other's back. There's uh, times, um, other, other examples I've seen, you know, where, you know, if there, if there are people on the radio, you know, patriots that love our country, um, they'll refuse to criticize each other, you, you know. Um, and they're like, hey, no, I'm sorry. I'm not taking that call. That's him. He's got his own opinion. He's his own man. He's my brother. That's how we need to be. That's especially how we need to be in, this, in the time that we're, that we're living in right now. So um, when we read in Ephesians 4 starting in verse 11, where the Lord gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to perfect the ministry or for the, for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, might as well just read it, edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in unity of the faith. This unity is not just among church members, it needs to be among ministers as well. And we, can, and we can be friends and we can laugh and we can have good times, um, but there's always, a, there's always a respect there. 
and there's a um, um, we, we 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 really need to um, support each other, and I I appreciate that. So I <laughs> I texted you I texted you uh, recently. Didn't hear anything back for a week. And then somebody finally said, oh, he went to Hungary and he took Johnny with him and the other guy that was so eager to go. Um, and uh, like, you know, and then, and then my sense of humor rises up and says, your meal ticket has left the country. And my conscience jumps up and says, no, that's not nice. Don't say that. Don't think that. And, uh, and then I hear they get back to town and I go back and look behind the curtain and Johnny stole all my music stands. <laughs> <laughs> and well, okay. And then, and then my conscience says, no, no, he left you one. He left you the nicest one. And he didn't steal them. He just borrowed them. He's bringing them back. It's going to be okay. <laughs> but we have good times, you know, and we love each other. And um, get your own music stands. <laughs> they were actually mine first. <laughs> But um, <clears throat> First Corinthians twelve eighteen. This scripture has been just a, a hallmark scripture in in my life. First Corinthians chapter twelve starts talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and then it goes on to talk about the body of Christ, and. Um, in, in verse 18, it, you know, talks about how we as members of the body, we all need each other. Verse 18, but now God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. Not as it pleases you. Not as it pleases what you think about what you think you know. No, it's as it pleases him. It's very simple. If Jesus is the Lord of my life, it really isn't my decision where I go to church. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He guides me by streams of living water, and that's where he restores my soul, all right? Um, many people need restoration in their soul. That's your mind, that's your emotions, that's your will, okay? That's the part of us that can, can get um, um, corrupted and desensitized by the, by the world, uh, the flesh, the devil. Do you need restoration in your soul? Is your soul being slowly poisoned by the filth, deception, empty vanity, and the spirit of the age being pushed by the world system? Um, when, when Lot lived in Sodom, the Bible says his soul was vexed 
by the immorality of the people there, but he still stayed there. There was a time uh, way back in uh, 96, 97, I was, I was uh, um, running groceries in and out of, of Hugo's grocery store in Grand Forks, North Dakota. In the wintertime, um, I was the carryout boy, lo- loading groceries in the back of, of people's cars. It would get so cold up there in North Dakota, you know, across the plain, um, people would leave their cars running in the parking lot while, while we were, uh, you know, loading and, you know, helping them out. And then we're pushing these carts through the snow. So you have bitter cold, you're, you're pushing these carts through the snow, which can be, you know, hard. And then, and then you're choking on the exhaust. And then you're putting your groceries in the car. Then we weren't supposed to accept tips. Then we come back inside, and as soon as you come back in the door, your glasses fog up again. <laughs> and I would do this for six hours. And, <laughs> um, and, and I, re- I recall at that time, I started to think about I, I heard about a, um, a limousine service that drove people to the casino all the time. I think I even mentioned it to my pastor and said, you know, I'm thinking about maybe driving, you know, it'd be kind of a fun job, I don't know. I was, I was thinking about it. And God, put, God gave me an answer in my heart. Um, and, uh, I'm, and he said, if you do that, you would be pitching your tent toward Sodom. That was for me. I'm not saying it's ever wrong to drive somebody somewhere or, or drop them off but, or drive a limousine. But, but in that situation at that time for me, that was, that was what got, you would be pitching your tent toward Sodom. And so I took a pass and I kept on running groceries. <laughs> you see? Is there a void in your soul that aches when you hear the stupid morons and imbeciles <laughs> that are all in That's right, I said it. (laughs) Stupid morons and imbeciles that are all in on redefining marriage, gender, transitions, mutilations, followed by preachers who never mention sin and say hell isn't really a thing. And no one goes there. And you're still saying, I can be a Christian without going to church. (laughs) My friend, you're not submitting to the good shepherd. That means repent. And I'm also talking to people that are online. When God has given us, when God has given you a solid, spirit-filled, word of God preaching local church in your community, online is not the right answer when God asks you why you weren't in church. And that's why RVFM is here. Because God is using this ministry to bring a local church to a neighborhood near you. (laughs) But he will restore your soul in the green pastures and beside the still waters that he leads you to. And that describes the, the local church that he calls you to. It's just like it says in Psalm 1. You'd be like a tree planted right beside the river of, of, of water, bearing fruit in season, not out of season. This means that the things 
uh, in your life that are the will of God, that are supposed to happen, they happen when they're supposed to happen in season, not out of season. There's some things that God has for us that are, are totally the will, his will, but they're, they're not yet because it's not the season for it yet. It's, uh, you know, we, we have to wait on, on some things um, in the time between times. It's, uh, yeah, it is a good book. Um, but there's something about getting around believers. <clears throat> there's something about being in and constantly around the fellowship of the saints. Because I have the Spirit of God. You have the Spirit of God, and you have the Spirit of God, and you have the Spirit of God, you have the Spirit of God, and I've got oil in my lamp, and you've got oil in your lamp, and you've got oil in your lamp, and you've got oil in your lamp, and those, when, when, they all, when, when we all come together, that's called the corporate anointing. What does the corporate anointing do? What does the anointing do? Isaiah chapter 10 says, uh, Isaiah 10, 27, says, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder, his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So the anointing is the, is the burden removing yoke-destroying power of God. So it not only removes a yoke of, of sin or, or, or bondage or um, habits or addiction or whatever, it not only removes it, but then it destroys it so it can't ever be used anymore. Yeah. You see? Amen. And that scripture, that scripture, we always pair that up with, with Acts 10.38 that says um, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And then Jesus, when he came, he, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. See, this is what we access. We access something very, very special that you cannot get if you're trying to be a lone ranger. When we all come together, there's just something about it. We hear the word of God. The word of God cleanses our soul. The word of God washes us. It, it cleans us up. And then it's like it, it, it resets your soul, your mind, everything to, to God's way so that when I go back out in the world, then I'm ready to not be shaken, not be moved, uh, not be deceived, uh, not, uh, not stumble over the same dumb sin again. Uh, there, there's, it's, so much, it's so much better, but we only get that when we come together. So being a, if you say, well, okay, but I'm going to clean my life up and then I'm going to come to church? That never works. That never works. It's, we get saved, 
True salvation comes with true repentance, which means opening our heart to God and saying, God, you need to change me. You need to help me. And he saves your spirit instantly, but our soul, to the, that salvation is a, is a process. And that's why we cannot neglect being together, especially in the time that we live, because the closer we get to the return of Jesus, the, more, the, the darker the darkness is gonna be, and the more deceived people are gonna be over things we never thought we'd hear about. Um, The flame is the Holy Spirit. The oil is the anointing. The fire burns off impurities. And when you make the church your constant association, the good shepherd will restore your soul. Talk about a breath of fresh air. Not to mention intelligent people to talk to. (laughs) This is where chains fall, where bonds break, where reality is no longer a mystery. This is where you will be fed, cared for, grow, see things happen, f- right. see things happen in you, for you, for your family, around you, through you, in you, things that were only a dream, and then you can say you've experienced the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Many years ago, I should uh, get some water. <clears throat> um... I don't like being in a hurry. (laughs) Many years ago, um, I, I was, this would have been 1994 or 1995, right across the winter. I remember where I was living. I had a, a basement of a house that I rented all to myself. And there was one night where I just, where God gave me a, a, a prophetic word. Um, and it was, and I just, I, I had something in my heart and I just started, I sat at this, at my desk down there and I just started to write. And I had never experienced this before, but it, it when, I, when I started writing, I wasn't trying to make anything rhyme and I wrote it out just as fast as I heard it. And it just, it just came. But like I said, this was a um, long time ago. <clears throat> but I want to read it. it. It came back up in my heart today. Um, it was... Uh, I, I, called it, I called it the secret place. <clears throat> Dreams, visions, goals, aspirations, hopes, longings. The reaching out of a searching soul to find its ultimate destiny. Where's the kids? Destiny was a cool word in the 90s, all right? (laughs) God-inspired plans and pursuits are all too often ignored by the natural carnal cares of this life that distract, burden down, and deter many from his perfect will. But it need not be that way, you see, for there's a place God made for you to be out of which every soul who enters leaves totally set free. The secret place, a world of its own, a land of glory and beauty, 
as vast as the universe, as lovely as Jesus, a land of green pastures, quiet waters of healing. That's the, where we're called to be in fellowship with God. Then, with the fullness of God filling all in all, the spirit man now stands to answer his call. And the Holy Ghost, with careful and articulate hand, illustrates and illuminates to the spirit man, to the inner man, the plan of God set out for his life, the wisdom of God to walk in all might, the anointing of God to bring to completion the dreams and the visions that before seemed far beyond reason. Hallelujah. The, um, so, the grace of God, I, I'm sure I don't have, I, I, I know that I don't have the revelation on it that some people have. I prefer to look at it as, uh, I, I know it's not, um, you know, sin and slide and still make heaven, uh, even though forgiveness is, is part of our covenant. But um, I see it as divine empowerment to do my, my purpose that I can't do without, without him. Um, let's talk about what pleases the Lord. We know, we, we know faith pleases him. Without faith, it's impossible to, to, please, to please God. That's why he doesn't tell you your whole life story before you start. He, it, it takes faith. We, we walk by faith. Okay? Um, can I say there's a, there's a place in the body of Christ where you're going to grow in faith more than anywhere else? When God assigns you to a church, he's also assigning you to a pastor that you can receive from. I remember Brother Norval Hayes say, it pleases the Lord when you read your Bible. It's <laughs> so simple. Another thing that pleases the Lord is our prosperity. Psalm 35, 27 says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, the Lord be magnified which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. There's a place in the body of Christ. When you're in the right place, things just tend to work. Yeah. And there's a place where you're going to prosper more than anywhere else. Amen. When, um, when God sent the prophet Elijah to a, uh, a little brook somewhere in Israel, the, the, the brook Cherith, um, he says, I will sustain you there. It was a, a place called there. It, it, that was where he was going to go if he needed provision. He could have rebelled and gone somewhere else. He could have gone to Tarshish or to, uh, to Joppa like Jonah and tried to do something else. But no, he went where God told him to be. And guess what? His needs were met. And besides that, there was a famine in the land. There were hard, hard economic times in the land. God still took care of him. It's like the, the children of Israel enjoying light and joy and days off work in Goshen while the Egyptians are being smacked with darkness, locusts, frogs, water turned to blood, lice, plagues of Egypt until Pharaoh bows to Moses and to Moses' demand of let my people go. These were turbulent times. They weren't the best of times but God protected and provided for his people. 
So um, the best place to be, and for people looking forward, the best your your best experience of 2024 is right here. If I do say so myself. This is no time to mess around and make things work in life and ministry when, when you're in the wrong place. Many people wa- wonder why life never works. Why is it always a struggle? What a curse to get stuck in the constant down drag of what everyone in the world experiences. We're supposed to live higher than that and uh, look to the throne of God and pray from a vantage point of of victory. He said in Hebrews 4, to come boldly to the throne of grace. We're told in the New Testament that we are actually seated with Christ in heavenly places. And uh, um, Isaiah 57, 15, that'd be a good verse to to put up there. Says, um, for thus says, Thus saith the high and holy one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in a high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble, revive the heart of the contrite ones. Um, If you're trying to do life on your own without the church, that's not humility. Because that's, that's you having a better idea. Yeah, not so good. Um, there's a preacher that I heard, and he said, he was, he was talking about connecting in the right place in the body of Christ. He said, when you find your tribe, you'll find your purpose. He said, you cannot say the wrong thing to the, when, you're, when you found the right people, you cannot say the wrong thing to the right people. Likewise, you can almost never say the right thing to the wrong people. It's the power of being connected in the right place. And the local church is the rallying point for God's people. That's where we, that's where we come together, put our efforts together to, to get things done. Jesus is coming. When someone like me starts talking about that, people that enjoy Bible prophecy lean forward in their chairs. Everyone else leans back and rolls their eyes. But I'm telling you, he's coming. And uh, even, even with something like that, you know, um, we could have different opinions on when is the rapture? Is there a rapture? Is there a millennium? How's this? How's this? How's this? Those are non-salvation issues, okay? All right, and so if I get um, if if I get uh, miffed, you know, at you because we have a different opinion about about something that's a non-salvation issue, you know how dumb that is. <laughs> and so, but check this out: some some kind of offense between me and and brother Mike is worse than him being wrong about, about the rapture. You know? <laughs> so let's put things in perspective. Second Peter chapter three, verses eight and nine 
says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. He's long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Um, God is, is waiting for people to repent, and there will be mockers in the last days saying, where is he? I th you said he's coming. You've, you said he's been coming for a long time. Well, where is he? People are going to mock and, and say that. It says so in this chapter. But, but uh, Peter says, don't count God as being slow or, or anything. If, he's, if he hasn't come yet, he's waiting for more people to come in, for more people to be saved. And we can, and we can look around and find people that... that uh, Two years ago, they were in total darkness, and now they're, they're born again, and they're with us. And if, if God had come in 2017, they, they would not be with us. You see? That's how that is. But we need to be looking for his coming. Um, Hebrews 9.28 says that Christ died once to bear the sins of many unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And there's a purifying force that, that uh, starts working in our life when we are mindful that he is coming. It, John 3.3 3 says, every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. It works holiness in our lives by by just having an expectation that, that the king is coming. The first time he came, he came as a baby in the manger. The second time, the king. I mean, he'll come, you know, as a bridegroom and receive us, but, but when he comes back to, to settle Armageddon, he's coming as a king. He's coming as a warrior king, lion of the tribe of Judah. And uh, it's okay to, you know, we don't set dates or anything about, about when the Lord's coming. But um, uh, for those of you that like football, why is it important for the team to be mindful of the clock when you get close to the end of the game? It's because momentum can evaporate if timing is off. And the... Every second will count for your team or against their team, and they want to make every second count. And we, we need to be the same way. Uh, we want to make every second count, uh, not, not wasting any time. God's, uh, I think, putting some jets behind this vision. And uh, where, you know, for a few years, there was, there was very slow steps, but, then, but now it's, it's, it's expanding and it's, it's blowing up. I think I'm about done. We need to have a vision that overshoots the rapture. Amen. That's exactly right. Which, which means even though, suppose, you know, if, if you say, okay, well, Jesus is obviously coming back, you know, in 2033, because, you know, that would be 2,000 years from his death, burial, and resurrection, and so that's got to be, you know, whatever. If that's your opinion, cool. Maybe you'll get a prize for having for having guessed it right. But, <laughs> however, 
have a vision that goes, that goes out to 2073. Amen. Because when he comes, I, we, we want him to find us working, doing what we're supposed to do. Amen. Amen. Um, most of you know Brother Rick Renner. Um, I think he's highly esteemed around here. But anyway, uh, last night after church, I, I got home and I, I was watching a ministry that was doing a, a countdown to the new year and celebrating and that type of thing. And then they, they turns out that he had sent in a video saying, you know, just about what he, what he sees in the next year. And I thought, wow, okay, this is interesting. I'm not showing the video because it's too long, but he, um, he, he said that he was starting to ask the Lord about this and, and seeking God about this. And then he got onto an airplane and uh, he said it was September 27th last year. And he's on this airplane and all of a sudden the, this airplane hits terrible turbulence and he, uh, and, and you know, it just, it was, it was upsetting because it was really, really bad. But then God spoke to him in the middle of, of, of that turbulence. And so I was able to, uh, to just uh, type out what, what he said. Um, but this is what he said. Oh, okay, that was a bad idea. <laughs> All right. See, we don't do, we, we don't do these over-the-ear uh, microphones at Outpost. Yeah, that's just, it's a little too modern. You know. <laughs> anyway, Rick Renner last night. Um, this is what the Lord told him. The year 2024 will be visited with turbulent, and by the way, Renner's a guy, he never talks about politics on his show. He, he just doesn't go there at all, just so you know. Okay. Um, the year 2024 will be visited with turbulent episodes around the entire globe, especially in the realms of finances, politics, and in the nations. These episodes will be of a sort that they will potentially cause those that are not rooted in God's word to be deeply disturbed. But for those who stay in faith, stay in peace, stay in love, stay in fellowship and keep sowing seed for the sake of eternity, they will experience a supernatural power that will cause them to be unmoved, unshaken, well provided for, and walk in a much needed divine assurance, divine peace, divine power, and divine and supernatural victory. He said, the pilot had just said, stay seated. And, and then, and that's when he heard the Holy Spirit say, that's when he heard the Holy Spirit say, for those who stay. Did you notice that part? For those who stay, kind of like being strapped into your seatbelt. For those who stay in faith, in peace, love, fellowship, 
keep sowing seed for the sake of eternity. Um, they will be blessed, empowered, joy-filled, sustained, and they will miraculously thrive even, in the world, even if the world around them seems tossed with a tempest. And so our focus is not to be on the tempest, but it's to be on the, on the Word of God and on, on what God um, has for us. So, so uh, my summary was at the front. Unity, having each other's back, being in the right place, the right church. Jesus is coming. We're not going to get offended. And, um, and then, you know, when, you, when we hear the word of God, that's the time to surrender to the word that we hear and say, okay, God, I think you're right. I know you're right. We're going we're gonna to follow you. We're going to do it your way. Things are going to be well with us. Amen. Amen. Now, over at Outpost, I mean, I can go up there and I can, I can totally preach how, how the, 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 the rapture is coming before the tribulation because the pastor up there absolutely knows that it is. And might get a prize if he guessed it. Anyway, Brother Johnny. I'm going to turn it to him for, um, for the surrender part. I promised my wife I wouldn't yell. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No yelling today. Can I get somebody to play the piano? Anyone? Everyone at once, yes. Amen. You know, as a... Um, uh, Pastor Nathaniel was preaching. The Lord gave me a scripture regarding the whole, everything that he was talking about. And um, it was in Matthew chapter 25 regarding the ten virgins. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trim, uh, trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise, the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and us, uh, and us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say 
To you, I do not know you. Ah, it's scary. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. And it just popped out to me so much that we have to be like the five wise virgins filled with oil. You see, this is mine and I carry it with me. It is full and I am ready for Christ when he comes. I will be ready because it is full. I know where I'm supposed to be at. I know who my shepherd that I'm underneath. I know who I fellowship. I know that I know my Lord. I read, I pray, I seek him. You can't be comfortable where you're at. There's more, there's more. And I am not gonna give you some of my oil because this belongs to me. This is mine. This one is mine, but where is yours? Is it full or is it empty? Is it halfway? Do you have enough? How much oil do you have? Are you ready for when the Messiah comes that you're ready with your oil to present it to the Lord and say, I was full the whole time. The anointing is here. I'm filled with you, Lord. I am filled with you. I want to be like the wise virgins. Notice that they were all virgins and virgins is a sign of purity. And we all claim to say that we're Christian. We all claim to say that. And even the foolish ones knew who the Lord was for they said, Lord, Lord, let us in. They knew. They knew about Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus. They knew about him, but they didn't know him. And the opportunity now is for you guys. If you, if you straight away, or maybe that you know that you're lacking and you need your oils filled, come up. Come up so that we can pray for you. Can I have the pastors to come up? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be embarrassed. You know why? Because there's time still. He hasn't came back yet. There's time. Be wise and don't be like the foolish. The foolish virgins that couldn't make it in. But there's time. There is time. Do not wait. Hallelujah. So here's the cool thing about you how the Holy Spirit works. Nathaniel talks about bringing your lamp. Johnny talks about bringing the oil. But what God showed me last week about this, the lamp produces light. Why do we need to be together as a body of Christ? Why do we need to be together in unity? 
because when we bring our lamp and our oil and it becomes light, you bring one light next to the next light and the light gets brighter. We are a bunch of lamps to light the path. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. And if you need to, come here and we'll light it for you. That's all I have. Amen. I said we serve a good God, don't we? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're so glad that you came tonight. You know, it's interesting. Um, services, um, you know, the Holy Spirit flows like a river. You know, a river will go along a certain way, and then all of a sudden it'll take a sharp turn, and then it'll take a curve, and then it'll take another curve. And the services this week are kind of that way. Every service will be different. You know, Baskin Robbins has 31 flavors. God has more than 31 flavors. Amen. He's got the flavor that you like. And so I want to encourage you to come. Come to prayer 3 p.m. tomorrow, 3 to 5. Come to the service tomorrow night. Come expecting, right? It'll be a totally different service, and you'll be glad that you came. God bless you.